0: Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to ToledoCalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. I am so excited to introduce to you our guest for this Sunday. For some of you, he needs no introduction. And for some of you, I'm really glad you get the chance to meet my friend, Pastor Doug Clay. From 1997 to 2004, Pastor Clay served as our pastor here at Calvary Church, and then just a few years ago, he was elected to serve as the general superintendent of the Assemblies of God. Now, the Assemblies of God is the fellowship of churches that Calvary is a part of, and Pastor Clay gives leadership to thousands of churches and ministers in the United States and has incredible influence around the world. But I'll tell you first and foremost, he is our pastor. This is my pastor, one of my favorite preachers. He has been such a good friend to so many of us. I'm so glad you get to hear God's word from him today. Would you please open up your hearts to hear God's word from our pastor, Pastor Doug Clay?
1: Hey, good morning, Calvary. What a delight to be with you here today. I carry such fond memories of my time in this community and particularly uh, with this church, and I want to say thank you. I also want to give a huge shout out to Pastor Chad, the leadership team here, and just this church, the way you've modeled going through uh, this pandemic, this crisis, you have demonstrated with excellence. Uh, how to lead a church during these days. In fact, it's not only been a great example in the community here, but uh, nationwide, people have watched what's happening at Calvary Church, and uh, thank you. Thank you for being such a healthy local church that has a global impact. Well, I'm delighted just to kind of contribute to the summer Sunday school class series. And uh, I've watched the last couple weeks as Pastor Chad has unpacked some of our favorite uh, Sunday school stories. Uh, I've got great memories of Sunday school lessons and object lessons. So I wanted to pick up on that theme and I want to look at Psalm 23. In fact, I've entitled our talk today A Psalm of Calm in Times of Crisis. Psalm 23. A lot of us could quote that psalm, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not... He makes me lie down in, yeah, you can fill in the blank. Well, like you, uh, I certainly wasn't expecting at the beginning of 2020, I didn't see what we're going through coming. I mean, we've we've experienced an invisible plague that has sheltered us in and a visible plague that's brought us out i got to tell you, I never got a playbook in uh, Bible college on how to lead a church during a time of pandemic. I I was never given a manual on how to uh, help cities that are experiencing public outrage. And it's obvious that these last few months have been incredibly stressful. People are becoming COVID-19 fatigued. They're anxious, they're scared, they're they're cautious of what to say because of such all the racial tension. But I gotta think that some of the edginess, some of the anxiousness isn't just related to COVID-19 or race relations. Now, those feelings are real, but I think sometimes we experience high levels of anxiety and high levels of stress and fear simply because we forget the words of the Lord. We forget the words of the Lord. Remember when Jesus and his disciples came to the end of an exhausting day of ministry, and Jesus says, come on, let's get in the boat. I want to go to the other side of the lake. And they all got in the boat, and Jesus fell asleep. I mean, he was exhausted from a day of teaching and healings and things like that. Halfway over, uh, an incredible storm whipped up. Just a a doozy of a storm. And the disciples wigged out and they came and they woke up Jesus and they said, Jesus, don't you even care that we're going to die? I mean, they had gotten all worked up, but they had forgotten the fact that Jesus said, look, I want to go to the other side of the lake. As we're walking through and living in these new realities that if we let can produce high levels of stress and fear and anxiety i want to encourage you don't forget the words of the lord don't forget simple scriptures like jeremiah 29:11 that says for i know the plans i have for you says the lord they are plans for good and not for disaster isn't that a cool verse I don't want us to forget verses like Psalm 46.1 that says, God is our refuge, God is our strength, God is an ever-present help in time of trouble. So with that in mind, I want us to consider a familiar passage of Scripture, Psalm 23. And in Psalm 23, that psalmist gives us some great reminders of what we can expect from God in these days filled with high levels of fear and stress and anxiety. Now, Psalm 23 was meant to inspire calm. It was literally meant to inspire calm. We see that the Lord is personal to David. He provides for him. He guides for him. He he leads him besides quiet waters. He restores his soul. But out of this psalm, out of Psalm 23... We're reminded of some things we can expect from God. So from each of the verses, I just want to remind you of some things we can expect from God during these unique, stress-filled days. First of all, right off the bat from Psalm 23, verse 1, we can expect that God will meet our needs. We can expect that God will meet our needs. In fact, verse 1 of Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. One translation puts it this way, I shall not lack. Oh, I love that. You know, God really will provide. Now, I promise you, it'll look different for each individual. It might look different than what we have in mind, but you can live with confidence that we serve a God that will meet our needs. I was reminded of that today as I was traveling in here to Calvary Assembly to do this taping, you know, it was my uh, senior year in high school, and I had felt the call of God on my life to go into ministry. I was born in Adrian, Michigan, just about 30 miles north of here, Uh, born and raised in a Christian home, a minister's home. My dad died when I was nine years old, but uh, I stayed very active in the church because my mom was active in the church. She was the minister of music. She did pastoral care, so I grew up in the church. My senior year, I was feeling a sense of God's call in my life and I wanted to go to Bible school, but uh, our family lived on a limited income. My mom made a, a small stipend from the church as a minister of music and she collected Social Security. So at the end of my senior year in high school, I was thinking, boy, I don't know if I'll have enough money to go to Bible college and so I kind of prepared myself thinking I'll I'll stay home a year. I'll work in the Merrillat Woodworking Factory, and I'll just stay home a year and, and save up some money so that next year I can go. But I was, I was really anxious because I knew that the Lord had put this call and this desire uh, to go into the ministry. It was a Sunday night, and I had spent some time at an altar just praying and reflecting on, on my future. I got up, and I went and sat down in the church pew. AND MOMENTS LATER, AN ELDERLY COUPLE BY THE NAME OF BROTHER AND SISTER BAILEY. NOW THEY WERE FARMERS FROM WASEON, OHIO, A VERY SIMPLE COUPLE, AND BROTHER BAILEY sat ON ONE SIDE OF ME, SISTER BAILEY SAT ON THE OTHER SIDE OF ME, AND SISTER BAILEY PUT HER ARM AROUND ME AND SAID, YOU KNOW, DOUG, WE HAVEN'T BEEN COMING TO BETHANY ALL THAT LONG, BUT WE KNOW THE HISTORY, WE KNEW YOUR DAD STARTED THIS CHURCH. We see that God has his hand on your life. And then she kind of pulled me really tight into herself and she says, Vernon and I, that was Brother Bailey, have felt led of the Lord that we want to take care of your first year of college at Bible school. And I was just overwhelmed. Because I had just started praying, I just started, I had resigned myself to the fact that I needed to stay home for a year, make some money, and then I could go to Bible school one year from now. But God met my need in, a, in an unexpected way through an through a elderly couple who were retired farmers. God made a way for me to be able to go to school. That's that's what you can expect from God. Whether we're going through a COVID crisis or not, you can expect God to meet your needs because his name is El Shaddai, the God of plenty, the all-sufficient one. Yeah, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Secondly, from Psalm 23, we can see that we can expect God to lead us to paths of peace where we can relax. Did you catch that? God will lead us to paths of peace where we can relax. Verse two says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Wow, paths of peace. Nationally, we could use some pathways to peace. I find it interesting that sometimes uh, we have to be taught and even forced to relax. But God's love and God's care for us, His people, is so all-encompassing, it's so all-unique, that He will help you find your path to peace. And your pathway to peace might look differently than someone else's. Um, As we were sheltered in place uh, the last few months, uh, my oldest daughter Ashley and her four grandchildren are living with us. And those grandchildren start at the age of seven, six, four, and one. So you can imagine in our house, there's a lot of activity, there's a lot of drama, there's a lot of chemistry going on. And and uh, I don't know about you, but shelter in place for a long period of time, uh, kids get restless, and their parents get restless. Well, on several occasions when I would see Ashley being at the end of her rope and the kids being kind of at the end of their rope, I discovered that the pathway to peace for them was to load them up in my car to drive up to the convenience store. It's called Come and Go. It's a gas station in a convenience store. And we could get frozen Cokes for one dollar. And it's amazing the kind of, just kind of the tranquility that came over my kids when I would take them up, my grandkids, when I would take them up and get a frozen Coke. We can expect that God will help us to lie down in green pastures. He'll lead us beside quiet waters. I want to encourage you to look to the Lord to guide you to the path of peace where you really can have your soul refreshed. The third thing we can expect from God that I see from Psalm 23 is that we can expect Him to replenish our strength and to guide us along right paths. Did you catch that? Verse 3 says, He restores my soul. Man, many people today could just use their strength soul restored. But then he says, he guides me along the right path for his namesake. You know, whether you're dealing with the virus or not really sure what to say or how to respond lest you offend someone, I just want to remind you that God guides us. And I want to encourage you to let his voice be the loudest voice that you're listening to. You know, we've got a lot of We got a lot of voices talking to us. We got a lot of people speaking into us. I just want to encourage you to lean into the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit be the filter of all of the voices that you're hearing about things in our culture. You see, I think if we learn how to lean into the Spirit and lean into His Word, then we'll find those right paths for His namesake. In fact, Jesus said in John chapter 16 that when he, the Holy Spirit, comes, he will guide us into all truth. In other words, he won't speak on his own, but he'll speak what he hears. You say, why is that important to lean into the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. I can promise you, sooner or later, Fox won't guide you into all truth. CNN won't guide you into all truth. Um, your co-workers won't always guide you into all truth, but the Holy Spirit will take what's known of by God and make it known to you. So I want to challenge you to filter all of the noises, filter all of the the news broadcasts that you're hearing, and let the Lord speak to you. You say, say, Doug Clay, do you really believe that the Lord speaks to us? Yeah, I do. In fact, Job says in Job 33, verse 14, that God does speak. Sometimes one way and sometimes another, even though people may not understand it, God does speak. So I want to encourage you, when it comes to finding that right path for His name's sake, you'll learn to let your God talk be louder than your self-talk. Yeah. Psalm 23, verse 4 says, Yea, though I walk through a valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to fear evil, for you're with me. And your rod and your staff comfort me. Oh, I love that. I love that. The fourth thing we can expect from God is that we can expect Him to walk with us when things may get worse before they get better. We can actually expect God to walk with us. The Bible says He's close beside me. He's close beside me. Now in the Bible there are a lot of different valleys. You have the valley of calamity in Hosea chapter 7. You have the valley of weeping in Psalm 84. You have the valley of trouble in the book of Hosea. But here in Psalm 23 we have a deep dark valley. Let me shed some light on valleys. First of all, valleys are inevitable. (laughs) Jesus himself said, in this world you'll have trouble. Secondly, valleys are very unpredictable. They come at the worst time. <laughs> have you ever had a flat tire at a right time? Valleys, thirdly, are impartial. Uh, no one is immune from a valley. But thankfully, number four, valleys are temporary. They're temporary, they have an expiration date. And here's what's cool. When we walk through the valleys, the psalmist says that God's rod and his staff will comfort us. In the image of shepherdry, the rod is what the shepherd used to, to, to defend his sheep, to protect his sheep from, uh, from predators. And the staff, the staff with the little crook on top, the, the staff is what the shepherd would use to draw himself and us close to him. You know, I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what next week holds. I don't know what next month holds. And it's possible that some things might get worse before they get better. But I want you to know that the psalmist encourages us and reminds us that God will be close to us. God will be close to us. During our shelter-in-time, I would often take the four grandkids on a walk. I called it the walk of adventure. We'd go out of our house, we'd travel up the subdivision, we'd cross a busy road, then we'd go down into a path, into some woods, and and whenever I could tell they were getting anxious or or just being cooped up too much, I would say, hey, you guys want to do a walk of adventure? One of the times on a walk of adventure, Callum, my four-year-old, when we got to that busy street, wasn't paying attention and and sort of walked out into the busy street, so much so that a car had to put on its brakes, it made a squealing noise, and it really, really startled my four-year-old grandson. It was interesting, every time after that, that we went to take a walk of adventure, when we would come up to that busy street, he'd want me to pick him up. One time I said, Callum, just just hold my hand, just hold my hand. After we cross over, you'll be fine, just hold my hand. He said, no, Papa, pick me up and carry me across the street. And each time I did, he would wrap his arms around my neck, he would bury his face in my my chest, his cheek would be on my cheek, and when we get across the street, I'd let him down and he was fine. You know, I find it interesting that Callum was less fearful the closer he was to me. And I want to encourage you, you'll be less fearful the closer you are to the Lord. Let his rod, let his staff comfort you. When you feel vulnerable, when you feel powerless, let the rod and the staff of God draw you close to him. That's what the shepherd reminds us that... uh, God will do that. He'll draw us close to himself when things get worse, even before they get better. The fifth thing we can expect from God, this is really cool, is that we can expect God to give us divine favor. Divine favor. Look at verse 5 of Psalm 23. The psalmist says, You prepare a banquet for me where all my enemies can see me. Now watch this. You welcome me as an honored guest and fill my cup to the brim." How cool is that, that God will will honor us as a guest in the presence of our enemies? You know, as I was reflecting on that verse, uh, the truth that really hit me was this. Our spiritual maturity, our spiritual status does not make us immune to troubles. Our spiritual maturity doesn't make us immune to COVID-19. Our spiritual status doesn't make us immune to difficulties in this world. But the Bible says that God will prepare a banquet for me even in the presence of our enemies. We have a little amusement park um, in Branson, Missouri called Silver Dollar City. It's a family fun little park. They have a great kids section. A year half ago, I took all of the grandkids down there and uh, uh, my, my grandson Mason and I were in line for a roller coaster, just a little roller coaster ride. It was his first time on one of these kids' roller coasters. Well, our conversation up to that point is that the grandkids were really fascinated with my title, General Superintendent. Papa, what's a general superintendent do? Papa, what is a general superintendent? And they were guessing uh, the oldest granddaughter said, well, he's kind of like the president to all of the pastors. He's just this and that. And It was a fun conversation hearing them process what I do, and I'm the general superintendent. Well, we were standing in that line, and we were talking, and... And like, like boys do in a long line, they're climbing on the ropes, they're, they're, they're ca- crawling up the sides, they're looking, and the line was going slow. And my other grandson, Jackson, who had been involved in that conversation about general superintendent, said, Papa, why don't you just go to the front of the line and tell them you're the general superintendent and see if we can get line cuts. <laughs> I thought, well, it doesn't really work that way, little buddy. But when you consider this verse, God does promise to show his favor on us, even in front of our enemies. Now think about it, sheep have a lot of natural enemies, but the cool thing is, we don't have to fight them, God does. We can expect him to be good to us no matter what, because this verse goes on to say, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Now, it may not feel like it, but I promise you, you can count on the goodness and the mercy of God to follow you all the days of your life. It's one of the beautiful blessings about being a child of God, being a Christ follower, is that He'll prepare a table for you. He'll honor you even in the presence of your enemies. Well, the last thing that we can expect from God... Um, that we're reminded so vividly here in this psalm is this. We can expect to be with him in heaven someday. We can expect as a Christ follower to be with God in heaven someday. For the psalmist ends verse 6 by this saying, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Come on, if you're watching this online, would you just repeat this verse with me? I want to say it two times. Say it with me. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Come on, let's say it again. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In fact, no matter what you experience here on earth, I want you to remember, you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It was the same words that Jesus, in comforting His anxious disciples who Jesus was getting ready to leave their presence and they too were wigged out. They were filled with anxiety. Jesus says, guys don't let your hearts be troubled. John 14. If you believe in God, believe also in me for in my Father's house are many rooms if it were not so, I would have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you. Now watch this and if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you with me that where I am, there you can be also. That's so cool. Jesus is saying the same thing that the psalmist is saying in Psalm 23: you can dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's a huge connection because it connects yesterday with today and tomorrow. Now, watch this. God says, I've got a beautiful plan for your life. We quoted earlier, Jeremiah 29:11, that God has plans for us, plans to prosper us, plans not to harm us. And so as long as we're here on earth, we can be assured of the goodness and the mercy of God following us. But we also have the assurance that in heaven God has prepared a place for us. The fact of the matter is, friends, someday you're going to die. These bodies of ours are going to just stop. They're going to cease. They're going to quit living. But our soul is going to live on in eternity. So why are Christians so confident about the future? Because we as Christians understand that death is really a promotion. Death is really just a change of residency. And if you have accepted Jesus Christ into your life, then you can live with confidence that you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Oh, I love in these days of uncertainty just to take a break from worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow, worrying about what's the next announcement that's going to come from our governor. I love to take a break and just think about heaven. Just think about heaven. Heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. In fact, Peter writes about this in 1 Peter chapter 4. He says, and God has reserved for his children the priceless gift of eternal life, kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And God, in his mighty power, watch this, will make sure that you get there safely to receive it. Look, it's not up to me to get to heaven safely, God does that. But it is up to me to accept Jesus Christ into my life which guarantees me a place in heaven. Because no one goes to heaven without first accepting Christ into their life. Heaven is a place for prepared people, heaven is also a great place of release. I mean, think about it. We're released from all pain, all suffering, all sorrow, all depression. There will be no coronavirus in heaven. There will be no racial tension in heaven. In fact, John the Revelator says in Revelation 21, verse 4, He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain. For the old order of things has passed away. All things have become new. Boy, no wonder that older generation often says, I am just homesick for heaven. Can I tell you, I feel somewhat homesick for heaven. The psalmist says, I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Man, he takes us through the valleys of the shadow of death. He he, he lies us down in green pastures where he restores our soul. But ultimately, the psalmist says, I want you to realize (laughs) that heaven is a final destination for those who put their trust in the Lord. Psalm 23. It's a psalm that growing up in Sunday school, we memorized, we had lessons, object lessons about Psalm 23. As I review Psalm 23 again today, I'm reminded that, number one, God is in control. That God is in control. Now, I've got to choose to let Him lead but God is in control. Secondly, I am reminded that life is full of valleys. This life is full of valleys. But the cool thing is, is that valleys were never meant to camp out in. Valleys were meant to just go through. And I want to encourage you, don't camp out in your valley and then let your spirit get agitated by what you're seeing on the news or what you're watching on Facebook. Instead, when you find yourself in a valley, look for that rod and look for that staff to draw you close to the Lord to comfort you. God's in control, life is full of valleys, and heaven is real. And the Lord prepared heaven for you and for me." And so as we walk through this great psalm, a psalm that perhaps has been read in many hospital rooms, a psalm that maybe you had to memorize whether you were in catechism or in vacation Bible school, I don't want to leave the final words of this psalm that are some of the most powerful, that I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. But that takes a choice. That choice is accepting Jesus Christ into your life. So today, if you're watching this teaching online, and you have never accepted Jesus Christ into your life, you've never come to that place where you know for certain that if you die, you're going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Can I tell you, you don't have to go through life wondering, am I going to be in heaven or am I not going to be in heaven? You can seal that deal by inviting Christ into your life. So if you don't live with the full assurance that you've been adopted into God's forever family, if you don't live with the full assurance that you belong to Him and He belongs to you and you're ultimately going to dwell in His house forever, then I want you to pray this prayer with me. I'm simply going to pray a prayer, and I'm going to pray it slow enough that if you're watching this, I want you to repeat this prayer after me coming to that place in your life where you live with confidence that you know when life ends here, you'll spend eternity in heaven. Pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I do believe you're the Christ, the Son of the living God, who came from heaven to earth to show me how to live. You died for my sins, and I'm a sinner. I invite you to come into my life, forgive me of my sins, and establish yourself as my Savior and my Lord. With my mouth I confess, and in my heart I believe that you're the way, the truth, and the life. I accept your free gift of eternal life for me personally, today, in the name of Jesus, amen, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer with me, literally, just in your spirit or Allah, you prayed that prayer with me, then. I want you to just comment um, whether you're watching on Facebook Live or live stream would you just comment hey I prayed that prayer because I want to celebrate with you and I want Calvary Church to celebrate that one more person lives with the confidence that we're going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever thanks for the opportunity to come into your home to come to where you're at and to share God's word with you